welcome to the show. If you could, really quickly, if you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button if you're uh, watching, listening on YouTube. Uh, and you can also follow the podcast if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Uh, my guest today, Dom Herrera, uh, Dom is one of the top 100 comedians of all time, according to Comedy Central. And I think most people in the comedy world and entertainment world would agree with that assessment. He has an amazing resume. He's been on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, which I think was really cool. Also, he's done Letterman, Conan, Joe Rogan many times, and appearances on Seinfeld. Everybody loves Raymond, Drew Carey. I mean, you name it. He's been everywhere. You may also recognize his voice as Ernie Pott from Hey Arnold. I think that's the character's name. I'm not familiar with the show, but I know that that's a really big show for that generation. Uh, I'm a little too old. But uh, he said a lot of young kids recognize him from that. So he also had a cameo in The Big Lebowski as the chauffeur driver, if you remember that scene. So, and all these years in show business, he's got some great stories. So sit back, grab a nice cold beverage, and enjoy this one. Cool. So, yeah, I wanted to uh, talk about your amazing career and let everybody know, you know, what you've done. You've done so much amazing stuff. And you're going to be in Phoenix this weekend, right? Yeah, I haven't been to that club for a while. I'm looking forward to it. Last time I was there, like the the, the sand was blowing in your eyes. It was like a you know an Arabian holiday. But uh, <laughs> I'm glad to be back. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Good. So yeah, do you do like Tempe Improv then, or uh, uh, stand up live? Yeah, I did both of them over the years. Okay, yeah, this is a newer club. It's pretty cool. I think you'll like it. And you're going to be there three nights, right? Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah, unless they fire me. <laughs> From my attitude. Has that happened before? No. <laughs> never? Oh, yeah. No, no. I've never been fired. You've never had, like, uh, an argument with a club owner? No, not really. I Because I've heard some of these club owners are kind of like jerks, like, like at least with musicians and stuff. Like, they don't pay them sometimes. And you never had stuff like that? Uh, one time, uh, I did a corporate date. And it was for this old man and his son who's getting married or something. So he wanted to surprise him. And it was like for 50 minutes. And 50 minutes for this small gathering was kind of a lot. So I cut it to 45. And they wouldn't pay me because I didn't do the whole 50. And so I, I just wanted to make them laugh as much as I could. I didn't want to get, get them to, like I'm bothering them. Yeah. You know, was, there was no no stage. You know, I would never do anything like that again. But. You know, you have to have stage and lights. You can't just uh, stand there and, how you doing? Uh, here's, a, here's one for you, babe. Right, yeah. No, that's really important with comedy. It has to be like, it has to be like dim lighting and like the seats have to be facing the stage. Like you can't have a certain atmosphere. If people's backs are turned, it's it's not like a music where you could just listen to it. Yeah, if you can see the sky, don't do comedy there. <laughs> like, I, yeah. used to open, I used to open for Cher, you know? Right. And then, we did a gig. My very first gig was in, in uh, Dallas, and it was in one of those like half an arena, and then the rest was like picnic uh, people picnicking and laughing and drinking. Doesn't work. You can't do stand up under those conditions. Well, yeah, because if you're opening for share, those are like giant venues, right? So yeah, there are arenas, uh, mostly like the Houston Summit, the, the Madison Square Garden. You know, it's pretty pretty crazy. Is that a rush though to get up on stage, or is it? It's different because you're opening, so it's like there's a lot of people that are still shuffling in, and yeah. But she, she, she was really easy to work for, and, and she put me on the bill, 
So it wasn't like I was like a disappointment to them. People who knew, who were bought tickets, knew that I was on the bill. It wasn't like, who's that guy? Is he, is he one of the owner's friends? <laughs> Why did he, he shut up and let Cher come out? Well, yeah. so was that after or before um, your your special and uh, on HBO, the one night stand, the one that you won the Cable Ace Award for? Look at you, name dropping and achievement dropping. <laughs> uh, that was probably right around that time. I don't know. I was with her a couple of times. Okay, because like you kind of had a choice to make it that because that's like when you win the Cable Ace Award. I mean, you kind of could write your own ticket, right? You could have done the sitcom route, but you didn't want to, right? It, wasn't that more your choice to go to continue stand up because you like stand up? Well, I like stand up, and you know, you got more power, and so you're freer. I, I like doing sitcoms, but I didn't really care like to have the Don Myrera show with that wacky guy Don Myrera. You know, it's like I see so many of them like go to the wayside. I, I didn't want to, want to deal with that. And I like doing stand up. you know, it's, it's not, I mean, I know that you know, there's a, the possibility of get, making millions and all, but you know, I, I did all right for myself, for my, for an Italian of my height, I made some bucks. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting because you grew up in South Philly and uh, explain to me this. I was always fascinated with this because I, I grew up in Seattle. And so our neighborhoods were just like, like I lived next to Jewish people and Iranian and, and just regular, you know, just a mix. But in, in, in South Philly, the, the neighborhoods are segregated. Like you have an Irish neighborhood and an Italian neighborhood, right? Yeah, pretty much. And uh, as I got older, we went from a uh, Italian neighborhood to a black, excuse me. Excuse me, darling. <laughs> as I got older, the, you know, changed. And I changed with it, you know. I just um, started playing more basketball. Yeah, because didn't you um, – you went to an all-black high school. Is that right? You were the only white kid? Uh, there was about uh, 10 of us, and I was funny, and I could play basketball, so that, that helped a lot. Yeah, that that reminds me of like – I don't know if you've ever seen like the Howard Stern movie or if you know his story. It's kind of a similar thing where he was like the only black kid in a – or sorry, the only white kid in an all-black high school. Yeah, and he's, he's also Italian and Jewish, right? Was he? Is he Italian? I know he's Jewish. I don't know about the Italian part. I think he's I think he's half Italian, or at least oh. he claims to be. So Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so then you start doing this uh, uh what is it, the the children's theater. You start doing the improv in college and stuff, and then that that was because there wasn't like just comedy clubs in the eighties, right? That you could just go and drop drop in and do stand up. In the eighties there were, but like in the the seventies I was an actor. Um, I did I did children's theater and I did like, you know, tough guy parts and all that stuff, but um, stand up is what I really liked. You know, I love the idea that you can think of something funny and that do, do it that night. You can't do that if you're just like acting in plays. You can't go, hey, let's uh, let's write a different ending today. You know, it's like stand up. You're so free. And you look at the guys like Seinfeld and guys like that. They haven't had to, had to do anything for stand up. They still do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's fun. Yeah, no, that's amazing. So, but so you took the improv. Cause didn't initially you get hired at uh, at SNL? Like tell this story. So you, you work in SNL, but you're just kind of like an extra and then the producer gets fired. So then you, everybody gets fired. No, I, I, what happened was I auditioned for them, but I didn't know anything about the business side. I didn't know you had to have a, a manager and an agent and all these people talking for you. So I'm like a goofball. I write, I write something and they accept it and write something else. And then I, you know, I was supposed to be on certain shows. Like I got bumped out by Bill Murray in one show. I think yeah, it was Bill Murray's big deal, and 
I'm sitting there, this is just not working for me. I don't know. I got $800 a week to, to kind of stand by if somebody, you know, somebody died on the set, then I take their place. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's just another stepping stone of learning the business and realizing that when you're, when you're a stand-up, like when I go into these clubs, I'm a partner for that night because I, you know, I do this part and they, they give me the stage and the, you know, the beautiful, like these, uh, that's an improv that what's it, what's it called the stand-up live. Yeah. That's a beautiful. You ever see that club? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I, that's a partnership. You know, I don't, I don't pretend to have my own, my own pad that people come over to. I go there, but it's just, it's just, I don't know. It's more fun. Yeah, for sure. So like when you start the stand-up, cause you, you had your background was improv. You started out, you didn't really have like the stand-up material. You started out doing characters, right? Yeah. And I didn't know that you had, I didn't know that guys did material over. I was just so naive. I thought, wow, this guy's really so smart. He, he did this whole thing just extemporaneously. Holy, you know, and I realized, you know, after a while, wait a minute, the reason he's so good is he protect, he, he pure, purified that, that thing. It was like all a mess. And now all of a sudden he's got this, this, this juggernaut of fun. Is if that makes sense? You know? No, totally. Yeah. Cause like, so you thought you were supposed to go up there and just think of stuff like, on the spot. Cause that's what you do in improv. You don't come out with on improv with a script. So yeah. Yeah. And, and I thought, so it was, it, was in the, it ended up being like a lot easier than I thought, because I couldn't imagine doing an hour, every a different hour, every time I went up, you know? Yeah. Then, that would be tough. Like, yeah. Right, now, do, you, do you do stand up? No, I, I, I tried a little bit a uh, long time ago, but I was just, I was, I looked at guys like you and I was like, dude, I can't, it's same with music. I love music. I've had a lot of musicians on my show and I played music for a little bit, but I, I see these people that are just so amazing. I'm like, I can't compete with you guys. Like you guys do you and I'll do, I'll do the podcast stuff. Cause I feel like that's what I'm better at. Yeah, but this is great. You got your, you're like your own boss, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. I just don't make any money, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I have freedom. I have freedom to do whatever I want. Whatever you need. When we get done this, I'll slip you a few. that's awesome so yeah i've noticed with your stand-up style what what i like is that like i noticed like when you're on rogan too you'll do this you'll you'll say something like really funny and you but you don't ever like laugh or smile when you say something really funny is that something you practiced or is that something that is just natural to you i'm just a miserable son of a bitch no I, i i i never thought about it you know because some comedians will say something really funny and then they'll laugh. They'll laugh at their own jokes or they'll at least smile. Are you serious? I like. Uh, I like when I, people say, "Well, if I'm, if I'm serious, then I'm really an asshole for saying something so mean." But if I'm a comedian, I'm actually trying to make you laugh about yourself and everybody else laugh, but in a good way, you know. Right. Right. I don't want. I don't want somebody to run out of my show crying. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be scary now, though, because people are a little bit more sensitive these these days right i mean there's good things about that and bad but it's got to have changed a lot for you as a comedian that thing with uh uh, uh, david not david tell uh dave Dave Chappelle? chappelle i mean that guy you know he's first of all he's a terrific comedian but when that whole transfigure transition it's like if he had apologized to those people that's the end of stand up comedy because then who you can't make fun of anybody. It's like they say, well, like Seinfeld's clean. Yeah, but he's mean to fat people or to, or to dumb people. 
You know what I mean? Like all of us, but it's in jest, you know, it's like to all laugh together. That's what we want. And, you know, the N word. Ooh. I mean, like, give me a break. I mean, it's just like, I don't want to hurt no, nobody, but I would like them to think, think like, at least laugh with, with all, all together, you know, never going to make everybody happy, but it's very, it's a very delicate line when, when comedians can be edited, edited, you know, and, and uh, that's the end of comedy. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Cause like you bring up Dave Chappelle and uh, I mean, his latest special, I know it got a lot of headlines, but I feel like people didn't actually watch it. Cause if you watch it, it's like, he was really nice to this comedian who was a trans person and he actually had the trans person open for him. And he was like, actually like trying to help her out like a lot. And so it's really interesting that they got mad at him. I mean, yeah, he does some jokes, but it's like it, it, deep down, he's, he's clearly is a, just a good person. He doesn't hate anybody. Well, in the first, first times I had one of those weird experiences, I was working at Yale. There was a, a part it was a, a big party bar, you know, college kids and great. I did, I did my stand up and this lady comes down. She's very angry at me. And she said, I just don't like the way you portrayed Italians. And I said, well, I am Italian. Yeah, she what? Goes, she goes, I guess, well, oh, I thought you were Jewish. I said, so if I was Jewish, you're going to be mad at me? <laughs> and that's when I realized you can't please everybody. No, that's, that's, oh, that's frustrating. Well, so one of the, what's that? Uh, I, I just want to like make some people laugh, get some money, and go have a drink at the bar with them. You know, that sounds uh, amazing. Yeah. Well, you also got to travel. This is cool. I don't think a lot of comedians get to travel as much as you do. Like you, you do shows internationally in what is it? Ireland, Australia, like with the Bahamas, New Zealand. Like, how do you get to go international? Because that's 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 amazing that you can travel that to those places. Yeah, it's very cool. It's. Um, like I really, you know, it's like you, you form relationships with people, like friends. Like I've, I've been going to Ireland for 25 years, so I the Zoom thing, you know, I, I get on them with them. I'm, I'm like drinking with my Irish buddies, five thousand miles away. You know, it's cool. That's awesome. Do you guys give each other shit? Like, do you tell that you like make fun of them for being Irish, and they make fun of you for being Italian and stuff? Of course, you know. I mean, the Irish got the greatest sense of humor of any any. Any uh, a sociological group that has been beaten down always are funny. You know what I mean? Like the humor is, is one of the only things they had when they were having that strife with England and all that. And, and a lot of fun. I mean, it's I, lo I love going to. I was in Perth, you know, and I'm thinking, this guy comes up to me. He goes, you know, mate. He said, you know, mate, you're my little brother's favorite comedian. I said, oh yeah, where, where's he at? And he said, well, he's in New Zealand. And I said, how old is he? He goes, 15. I go, 15-year-old kid in New Zealand. I'm his favorite comedian. How does that work? You know, I mean, that's so cool. Wow. Yeah, that's really neat. Yeah, well, I mean, you're up there. I mean, you're, the Comedy Central named you one of the top 100 funniest comedians of all time. I saw that today. I was like, oh, my God. Like, that made me a little nervous. I was like, oh, geez. Like, What's he going to be like? No, I, I, you know, I, it was Cedric the Entertainer. was 78, so I lost to Cedric the Entertainer. I can't. How could I compete with an entertainer? <laughs> <laughs> Wait. So you were seventy nine. You know the number that you were. Well, yeah, because one time I was working a club at, uh, in Tampa, side splitters, right? And the all the girls had t shirts on. It said forty one. I said, "Why is that forty one? That's that, that's when you came in." I said, "No, I was number seventy nine. So, well, this week you're forty one because I can't afford to change this." <laughs> <laughs> you know. 
Oh, that's funny. So is your home comedy club, is it the comedy store or is it the Laugh Factory? Because I, I think you perform at both, right? Yeah, I perform at the Improv and the other, and the, his comedy store and the, and the Laugh Factory. You know, but I don't discriminate. I like I like those clubs. They, you know, they put me on stage. And every, every you know, it's funny because it's, it's a very small part of Hollywood. But there's three different clubs and three different attitudes. Like in, in a comedy store, it's, it's very touristy. The improv is very Hollywood hip and Laugh Factory is very collegiate. And I figure I, I see like five Asian girls sitting there. Where do you where do you go to school? Like UCLA. How old are you? 19. I'm thinking I got five Asian girls that are 19 that came to see me and are laughing. And are, <laughs> it's a cool feeling, you know? So yeah. Like, no, that's for the comedy like, store is like, I think that's my favorite. Um Cause I followed, I'm from Seattle and I followed this comedian Fahim. And so I would always go to LA and I'm like, Hey, you perform? And he's like, yeah, I'm at the comedy store. And uh, so then I, I would go and it's like, I would see like Joe Rogan, Jeff Ross, Mark Marin. Uh, I'd see Fahim. And then I saw like Brian Poussin in the bathroom. I'm like, this is insane. Like it's just this all-star lineups at that place. Yeah. Well, that's the end of the line is you can't go any further West. You know, you, if you don't make it in California, you got to circle back to New York. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, it's fun. I, I like the competition, you know, and it's, I, I like it's funny because most of them, I'm older than most of them guys now. And I, I, there was a time when I was younger than everybody, you know, and mm. you, you always have your moments. And, you know, it's kind of it's kind of neat to see what life is like from that, that perspective. But I never remember any, anybody saying you're perfect, you know, like, wow, what are you five foot eight, 125 pounds, 135 pounds? That's perfect. I was always too fat or too skinny, too, but you know, you just try. Really, try. for comedy or for more like the the, the acting and stuff, or both? Um, the acting stuff. Yeah, that's comedy. You can control more. If they're laughing, that's 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 what you want. I mean, you know, you want it's there's different levels, of course. I mean, uh, you know, that some people do the like cheapest, uh, easiest material. You know, but I don't know. I just dig it. That's cool. So who are your, who are some of your favorite comedians? Like who are the comedians that uh, either alive or dead that make you laugh really hard? Because I think that's one of the hardest things to do is make another comedian laugh. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I, some guys um, like Mark Maron makes me laugh and he, but Rogan is, uh, you know, one of my best friends. I mean, I, you know, I, 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 I can't separate it. Like, like the guys that you like, like Bill Burr, Make, he can make me cry laughing. I had a night in in, Bill, uh, in uh, Kilkenny, Ireland. Bill said, said to me, hey, you know, these everybody knows in, in town here. Take me to a place behind the scenes, not not a tourist place. I said, all right. I'm telling you, I, we're, I was I, my stomach muscles hurt. When I, this is when I used to have stomach muscles. <laughs> I, was, I was crying on the floor. Like, we would just go into any pub. I'd take them, you know, and I know everybody in this little town. You'd see, we start, we start making up these Irish songs. And, oh, father, she was, my mother, my mother. We think we're the funniest guys in the world. People are laughing, like, what the fuck is wrong with them? But, you know, we, we have a good time. I mean, a lot of people don't understand how, talk about uh, segregation, uh, 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 the, the, the separation of, we don't, we don't care. Like, when we, we sit up, up in the, the laugh factory, we sit upstairs and, and fuck around. It's not, there's, they're like black table and white table and orange table. You know, we all hang. It's so much less competitive in the sense it's hard enough, but you know, we better have some friends that are stand up, you know? 
Yeah, you're friends with like every stand up, aren't you? I mean, I don't think that is there anyone that you're not friends with? No, not not really. I mean, there's a couple of guys I don't like, but you know, just that's human nature. Sure. But you know, like, like you know, Sebastian is. Yeah, Sebastian uh, Mana. What? How do I say his last name? Mana. Mana Scalfo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good example, right? I knew him when he was a waiter at the Four Seasons, and he was asking me about stand up. But I tell him, you know, then I go and months later, I go into the comedy store. He's on stage and he's terrific. Girl, I didn't know you were that fucking good. Jeez, and. Uh, but, but, you know, he was one of these guys and he, he does a lot of Italian stuff and people are calling me saying, this guy, Sebastian, he's stealing from you. I, go, I don't own Italy. I don't own the the rights to bada boom, bada bing. <laughs> he, he, he's not copying. You know, he's not, he's not, if he emulates me, that's, that's fine. But he's his own guy. And, he, you know, he, he never stole a word from anybody. I mean, and he, and people look, look over trouble. It's not there, you know. Well, just because he has kind of an Italian accent and stuff, I mean, it, so he didn't actually steal material from. No, but I mean, I, I, you know, he he's a good guy and would never steal. It's so silly, you know. Sometimes people look for trouble; they look to see. So, I, one time I had somebody come to me. You know, I, I mean, you make me laugh. He goes, but I got to tell you, Robin Williams is my favorite. I go, well, it's Robin Williams. Of course, I'm not. I'm not competing with him. Yeah, he makes me look too. You know. <laughs> It's okay if you're number two to Robin Williams or even 79. I mean, like Robin Williams is like, I mean, geez, Louise like that. Yeah. There's, there's so, there's so many amazing, and it's crazy now because that's what I've noticed about the comedy scene now is there's so many good comedians and they, and you can find them all because of YouTube and Instagram and podcasts. Like they're, they're all over the place. Yeah. People ask me like, um, you know, who do you like? Well, there are different eras, but I think the best, the best comedians I've ever seen are happening now the guys are coming up because they've learned from us. We learned from the other other guys, the older guys, but they were kind of like corny compared to, you know, I think my generation was a little hipper. And then now the, this, this one that's going is even better because they've learned from two different, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just, there's so many more avenues for comedians to come out of now. It seems like, and it's like, cause I, I can't tell you how many times like I'll, I'll discover this comedian and I've never heard of them and I'll look and I'll go on their Facebook or YouTube or whatever. And they have thousands, you know, millions of subscribers or followers. And I'm like, how have I never heard of this person? Cause there's just so you can be so successful. And like you said, independent, you don't need to rely on having the sitcom or whatever. Now you can just do it on your own. Yeah. You can make yourself a star. I mean, you get popular enough. That's going to happen to you. I hope with this podcast you got. Oh, that'd be amazing. I was listening to your episode with Rogan. One of, one of the episodes that you did with Rogan, where you were saying that Rogan's like, you know, I think this podcast thing is, is really growing. Like, I think I'm feeling something here. And you were like, he said, yeah, he said to me, it's a movement. It's like, and he was right. You know, he got a million followers. I went to Australia. I get off. I go into the club. It's all these like young boys, young white boys. And I go, well, who, who are they? They came to see you. I said, where did they know? They from Rogue. This is when I realized how big it was getting. 19-year-old you know, Australian kids coming to see me because of Rogan's podcast. You know, it's a, that that in itself is a credit now. Well, yeah. And then didn't you say, like, you're, you're on one episode of Seinfeld, but you said you got recognized, like, in New Zealand. You were jo you're jogging with a hood on, and someone recognized you from that one episode of Seinfeld that you did. That's pretty amazing. You really did your homework on me. Thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, the Seinfeld was incredible. I mean... 
I was on a plane. Like it just happened a number of times. I'm not thinking. I'm that character. This, this flight attendant comes up to me and he goes, "I'm a, I'm a, I'm a prop act. I'm not a comedian." I mean, it's like, he said, "What's wrong with that guy?" And I realized, "Oh, he saw me on Seinfeld." I thought he was nuts, you know. <laughs> He's quoting that line, yeah, because you're like, "I'm a prop comic or whatever." Uh, where's my water gun, Jerry? Like the line. Yeah, I can't go on without my water gun. Can't go on with a water gun. Yeah. So you said that it was Larry David that was like badgering you to come on that show he kept trying to get you to do episodes and you kept turning him down because you were doing shows and stuff and you well, said I didn't know. I had go ahead. no i was just I, and then like you said larry david wasn't a very good stand-up <laughs> well first of all you know he's a billionaire genius but, yeah he is <laughs> but he uh at stand-up comedy he didn't have the patience for it you know he just i remember one time he got up on stage and we do get up and look at the crowd and go nah, nah not tonight <laughs> you know something like that you know he's <laughs> He, he oh. badgered me, but he did call me a couple times, and I was always busy, you know, working slappy bananas somewhere. And here I, I'm turning down with what I had no idea was this great show. And then finally, I did the prop comic, you know. But uh, that was that, I, that most powerful credit, you know. People recognize you instantly from that. Yeah. So I think because there was other parts that you were up for, like the barber episode or something. Yeah, that, I was told that that was one of the episodes. I was Jerry's barber. I love that the old the old barber found Jerry's hair. Like yeah. Oh, so you were going to be sure. one of the barbers in that? Okay. Yeah, I remember. We just watched that episode. That's a good one. Yeah, it's the one that I was on. Was good. The, the, we had uh, really funny. The, what was it? Uh, J- Jason kept punking out on everything. It was called the fire. That yes. The one he smelled smoke. Yes. John Favreau was was Eric the Clown and right, and a really good cast, really funny. Yeah, he pushes the old lady and <laughs> out of the way to get over a lady. A I mean, yeah, I mean Larry David. Yeah, it's, that's why it's so interesting that, to me that he wasn't a good stand-up because he's such a brilliant writer and just the way he makes Seinfeld and Curb Your Enthusiasm are two amazing shows. So, but I, I can see you're right though. Maybe he just didn't have the patience for stand-up. That's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, like he wrote for Saturday Night Live, but none of his skits ever got on. Oh, you know, it shows you how smart they are, huh? Yeah, or maybe it's just like you have to just keep pushing forward to get to that pinnacle of success. Like it took him a long time. He didn't just like wake up one day. I think he used to like drive limos and stuff. He had all these odd jobs before he made it in show business. Yeah, he, he made it at a late age. Yeah. So, be- you know, yeah. Driver, going to the dinners. <laughs> I mean, they. Desert. Yeah, I can't, I can't lose my voice on a podcast. But we're not going to do anything else. Start dancing. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got a couple days to. Rec- your, your next show is not till Friday, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what? You did some other. You've done so many other sitcoms. Like everybody else, Raymond, King of Queens, Hope Improvement, Drew Carey. Which ones? Is there ones that stand out to you besides the Seinfeld? I'm not saying I'm old, but I, I was on Golden Girls. Yeah. <laughs> That's so a great I've been, show. You know, I've been very lucky, you know. It's uh, it's a lot of fun, and it's still fun for me. You know, I'm looking forward to going there because uh, I haven't been to Phoenix for a while, so that'd be cool. You live in LA now, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, in Hollywood with my, my other uh, celebrity friends. It's all I hang out with is really important people, you know. <laughs> I don't like regular people. I can see. The- when I look out the, I'm on, I'm in the hills, so I could see like the middle axe scraping, fighting each other for food and nourishment. 
<laughs> no, because didn't you have a joke about that? How like you would try to talk to your non-showbiz friends about their job and you're like, hey, so what's the, the, the joke about the battleships or whatever? That was like, so you're like, yeah, I'm painting battleships gray. He's like, thanks for bringing that up or whatever. Like, that's pretty funny. Yeah, was it? Well, they're already gray, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, well, that's got to be awkward, though. It is weird because there's got to be a lot of resentment for people that that see your success that you're that you're friends with or whatever that you grew up with that, you know, you've become done all these amazing things. Well, I'm, you know, I'm lucky because I can't do anything else. Like I never I don't even have a toolbox. I never fixed anything. I I was I was a school teacher for, for three years. That was the only thing I ever did that I really liked besides stand up. You know, fourth grade, which is a real good grade, easy kids are easy at that age and uh, I've been still you know I did the, all the bullshit actor things of waitering and all but I, I couldn't do it I, right you said you you really like teaching that uh, I like that you're because I worked in education too so I kind of know what it's like and I liked how you were just re- you said you were kind of like real with the kids you're like look I want to go to the gym too so let's just get through this stuff and then we can go have fun and I told the kids you know, like it's up to you because I want to go to the gym I don't want to talk. I don't. I hate math. You know, <laughs> I I like I like geography. I like history. But I said I remember telling these kids, "You'll never need a lot of this math. You'll never need it." And that was right. Yeah, like when the teacher would say, "Like, oh, you'll you won't always have a calculator on you." But now they're on every phone. So, oh, if I only had only learned the Pythagorean theorem, I could get out of this mess. <laughs> exactly. So uh, tell me about this one too, the Big Lebowski. That's another role that you're, that, uh, that you know, obviously a lot of people know you from. And uh, they, it's interesting that they wrote the part for you. So it was a good thing that they they cast you. And they used my material. And I, the, the agent said, you know, I was supposed to go audition for it. I go, I can't audition for it. I wrote it. And then they called the Coen brother. I was going, no, no, we want him to do it if he wants to do it. And otherwise, they would change the lines. But that was the. I was the limo driver. Is it? They took a part of my act out of there and made the lines. Yeah. So did you notice something different, like working for them? Because I mean, they're so brilliant. Like, is there something that was different on that set compared to other sets you'd been on that you're like, Oh, this is why, this is why these guys are so brilliant. Was it with the attention to detail or what? Yeah. They were, I mean, Ethan was kind of nervous around me. Like I could sit Hmm. and he finally, and Joel was more serious one. He was like, he was the uh, director of the one that I was in, but he, uh, Ethan was the sound guy. He was in the trunk. I was the limo I was driving and I hit this bump and I knocked everybody down. And that was horrible. I was thinking, geez, if I killed one Colin brother, <laughs> oh, shit. Story, but if I kill them both, I'm done in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You survive. Wow. That's, and so you're actually driving that limo then. Yeah, they said, can you drive? I said, yeah, we're five miles an hour. But they had these things on the side to to protect the lighting. And then they took them off. They didn't tell me they put them back on. So, yeah, what could possibly happen? But boom, everybody goes flying. (laughs) And Jeff Bridges was really in the back, too? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was cool. You know, he stayed in that character the whole time. We, We all had lunch and dinner together. And he's, you know, he really, he really started believing that that was him. Wow, that would be so weird to have lunch with the dude in character as the dude. Wow. He's a, he's a hell of an actor. Yeah, that's surreal. So, and then an- another cool thing that I think you did, I just started watching this. Um, I only saw like a bit part of yours, but I think you're in like eight episodes of the I'm Dying Up Here 
the the show about the comedy in the seventies. Yeah, that was fun. The only, only thing is, I had to wear these wigs in the heat. Other than that, it was a blast. Yeah. So Jim Carrey, it, he's the producer on that, and he he picked you out personally. Well, Jim came in the comedy store one night because they were looking for younger comedians. And uh, they came in and they, they sat through my set. And as soon as I got off, he hugs me and he goes, uh, you know, really nice compliments about my, my show. And his ex-wife uh, and him were talking and she's a friend of mine, too. And she said, he said, I really like to get Dom in the show. And she said, Melissa's is her name. She goes, well, I'll tell you what, he ain't going to dance for you. You want him to ask him, but he ain't going to come in and, and read for you. He goes, I'm not going to make him read for me. We're, you know, we grew up together in stand up. And uh, that's how I got it. He just gave it to me. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah, I need to finish that. Cause you're in like eight episodes of it. I only saw the first one, but I was like, Oh, this is a really intriguing show. Yeah. It's too bad. The, uh, the, the writer, the writers and the star, a couple of stars, one mainly ruined it for everybody because they couldn't get along. So, Oh really? Oh, I didn't know that. That's too bad. Well, and then um, what's that? That's the inside scoop. That's the inside. Yeah. I like getting the inside scoop. So the other thing you've done a lot of is uh, the voiceover work and uh, I don't know, like Dr. Katz. I love that. That's like a, uh, um, a kind of a cult classic. I think I love that show. And then you're, you're also the, uh, the voice of Ernie on Hey Arnold. So is that, is that gig doing the voiceover work? Is that like the best gig ever? Cause you just come in and you, you just read it to a microphone and then you're done. Right. The easiest thing, the hardest, I mean, and, and the more you miss them, the more money you get because they just make it up for the next time, you know? Like, say I'm getting paid for one. And I, I didn't do anything on purpose, but I'm getting paid for one show. Then I get sick or I don't come in. And then, and then I, they put me, pay, me, pay me for the second and third show. So anyway, it wasn't about the money, but it was so much fun. And now that's the generation that's coming to the, to the clubs, you know, around – 25 to 35 mm-hmm. years old and they know Ernie, they know Ernie Potts, the demolition guy. And it's amazing. That gets more reaction than any other credit that I have because of the, the age thing that, 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 that decade that it was on so many, those kids grew up with it. And then the kid Arnold had a heart, you know, he, he had, he's more than just a funny guy. He was a heart. He always did like a, like, you know, like when Andy Griffith did, like there's always a moral yeah. in the comedy. And uh, Arnold was that was that, you know? Yeah, that's, that's really cool. I didn't even know that until today until I was looking and I was like, oh, like I didn't realize you, like that. I didn't I was because I wasn't familiar with that show very much, but I've heard of it. So I was like, oh, that's a pretty famous show. So that makes sense that that the younger generation would know that. Um, yeah. Tell me about the uh, the other movie. You, ha- you have a movie coming out. I think it's not out yet called James the second. Oh, I don't know what that is. I thought you're in it. It's, it's about a boy who has some disorder that prevents him from feeling. It sounded really intriguing. Yeah, that sounds familiar. I don't know. Could I have been on a movie? I don't, am I that big? Do I have that many credits? I don't know. You're all, you're listed on the credits. Sometimes they screw up on IMDb, but I don't know. That sounded interesting. I was like, oh, that's that sounds kind of interesting. Jeez. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Maybe um, they changed the name? No, you know, I, I'm in the opening scene. And who who's the does it say who the producer is? Um, let me look it up. Yeah, it's a. It like I said, it was on a, it was on IMDb. It's like it's about this little kid. A produ- oh, let's see, uh, it's directed by Max Amini, right? Writers, Tom. Uh, Max Amini is a friend of mine. He's a terrific comedian. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just didn't know. Forgot the title of it, but 
I, he said, my big Guido mug is on right at the beginning. He said, he told me through a good shot of me doing a few lines with my friend, Jeremy Hotz, also a comedian. Oh yeah. He's hilarious. Yeah. He's, he's great. Is he, no, his, is that voice that he does? Is that his real voice or is that his stand up voice? No, he's that annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause he, he talks like this and then he talks like this. Like that's just how he talks yeah. in real life. Well, you know your comedy, my friend. Yeah, oh, I love that guy. That guy is so funny. Like, I he had one uh, bit in the I don't know if it was the '90s or early 2000s that I, I'll never forget, where it was just and yeah, he did this weird like kind of talking out of the side of his mouth thing, and oh, I thought it was hilarious. That guy's like yeah. really funny. Yeah, he's he's kind of moved back to Canada since the uh, uh, the plague, whatever the fuck they call it. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, isn't he a Cam- uh, Can- Canadian? So yeah, okay. So he's back in Canada. Okay, cool. So yeah, you've done all the talk shows, Craig Ferguson, Kimmel, Leno, Letterman, but Johnny Carson. Tell me about that. He's a legend. I don't know if I've ever had anyone on my show who's been on Johnny Carson, and you did it like five times or something, right? I did it. Well, I did it with Johnny. I think three, but then I did it with Jay. I did it with Gary. Gary Shandling. Gary Shandling hosted the Tonight Show. Yeah, he said. He said to me, uh, "I hate this. <laughs> that only a bitter Jewish comedian could hate this." <laughs> he, he was so funny. They wanted him to do the late night, like at Letterman. <coughs> Excuse me, but he didn't want to do it. Okay. So he was he just like a guest host or something? Yeah, he guest hosted, and when when he got it, he, went, he brought me on with him because I was doing uh, the show called "It's Gary Shandling." Yeah. And it was so cool because Tom Petty was in it. And uh, oh. he said to me, we, we, we were uh, across from each other in the dressing room. I don't know. Somehow we got into talking about the Beatles. And I said, yeah, I love the Beatles. I said, I, I know pretty much every lyrics that they, they ever published. He goes, well, let's sing, man. And then the first song, I says, look, I got to tell you, I'll sing the melody, but I can't do the harmony. He goes, I'll do the harmony, dude. You know, we're singing. And I'm thinking, how does this, how did this happen? How am I singing with Tom Petty? How fucking cool is that? You're seeing the Beatles with Tom Petty. Wow. I've just seen a face with a song, one of the songs. Do you have a lot of those kind of moments where you're just like, I mean, it seems like, like all these people that you're surrounded around, it must just be surreal some of the time. Yeah. And it's also, I've seen, I grew up with it. Like with Bruce Willis, I knew Bruce before he was, when he was a bartender, talk about a guy who got good looking girls, my own. Marono Mia, he, he, he would come in the improv and him and, and Nathan Lane to be a nom, name dropper. They used to, they liked this character I did called Fritzy Anderson. He was like, oh, ah, oh, is this thing on? Hello. <laughs> what do you call a dog with no legs? Nothing, no matter what you call me, ain't coming. <laughs> oh, ah, oh. And, and, uh, Bruce and Nathan would be in the back of the room. They, they, they both had such great memories. And they would tell me, keep that in, keep that, you know, that's not funny. This is funny, you know, unless they're very funny guys, you know. Oh, yeah. Nathan Lane, dude. He, yeah, that guy's a great actor. Uh, some of the stuff he's done, it's like, remember the birdcage with him and Robin Williams? Like, I think that was my first introduction to him. What's that? I think uh, the birdcage with Robin Williams and Nathan Lane, that was my first introduction to Nathan Lane. I was like, who is this guy? Like, where did he come from? But he was just brilliant in that movie. Do you know how hard it is to make it with the way way Nathan looks? I mean, I, I uh, you know he's just a little 
pudgy kind of, you know, he's not that he's bad looking, but he's he's not he's not going to be uh, making it as a, a leading man. So what he's done and still lived in New York is really hard. Yeah, he's just you know, so talented. He's such a good actor that yeah, you can't you can't deny it. It doesn't matter how he looks, but yeah. So now that the talk shows, I mean, that's like not even as big a deal as the podcast. And you've done Joe Rogan's podcast so many times. And I think you said you've been friends with him for like 30 years or something. What is it like being a guest on his show? Cause he's like, he's the best. I mean, he's the top podcast right now. Well, you know, it's hard for me to separate cause they, they used to call Joe my, my little ball of anger. They go, well, Don, you bring a great ball of anger to the, to the comedy store tonight. You know, I go, yeah, he's coming in. And then Joe, Joe had like this epiphany in life that he realized he had, he had three beautiful kids. And the, the, the thing that turned, turned it around so much is having the kids and, and pot, the, the pot, weed, whatever, whatever they, they want to call it today. Once he had that, he just became a different person and it helped him so much because yes, he's a really good person. He really tries to help people, but he's powerful. And the pot cooled, calmed him down a little, you hmm. know, and I think that, that was for him, you know, and he, he got just better and better. And, you know, Cause he always had the belief in himself and he always had the talent, but you know, he was, he was, he was a fighter. He was a Taekwondo champ, I think in uh, new England, but uh, you know, he hmm. channeled it and made, made something good out of it. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Probably too. Getting older, that that always calms you down too. Because when you're young, yeah, you got the testosterone going. Then as you get older, like you kind of calm down. But yeah, maybe the weed was a piece of that too. He doesn't. He also do like psychedelics and stuff. Yeah, about edibles. I think I don't do that stuff. You know, I'm already halfway there anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still drinking? You were drinking for you went through like a drinking phase, right? Are you still doing that? Yeah. No, I stopped drinking. Okay. But I, I just couldn't take the hangovers anymore, you know. My nephew said, told me the thing. He says, "Look, he says, Uncle Dom, I I, I smoke weed, and after I, you know, after a, a couple hours, it wears out." He said, "If you if you drink like if you drink four or five drinks, you're going to suffer for twelve hours." You know, so that's why I got out of it. Yeah, no, at least I feel I feel like the older you get, the worse it is. Like. You have a couple drinks, you're probably okay. But if you do more than like three or four, you feel it for. It's not just like the next day. Sometimes it's like it takes you a couple days to get back to normal. At least for yeah. me, like one martini is that's the best. That's the best buzz you're gonna get. You get that buzz, and just then if you let it lay there, fine. But if you start pounding and try and find that buzz again, it's a, it's gonna be a hangover. You know. Yep. Ugh. Ouch. And then you have your own podcast. Are you still doing that one? The the uh, Dom Herrera live from Laugh Factory. You're just yeah. yeah. Cause you just had Bill Burr on, right? Uh, Bill Burr. He was on uh, one of the best. If you, if you see one episode, see that one because it's Bill and Jamie Masada who owns the laugh factory and myself were up there and Bill was really laying into Jamie. I mean, I was a little, but he really was so funny. I mean, you know, Bill was did a thing and um, we're in Camden, New Jersey and we're doing a show. And the, the, the audience was uh, all these people that follow, uh, one of the big radio shows in New York, I forget two guys, uh, Opie, Opie and Anthony. Yeah. Yeah. So they had this thing and they had a bunch of us, Bob Saget, we're, we're doing stand up in Camden, which is, I'm from Philly. It's right across the river. And it was a, like, you know, these people were drinking all day, you know, they, they back, they're, they're all fans of this radio show. And I go on and, uh, 
like maybe there was like 1,500, 1, people, maybe two or 300 were, were booing because they wanted to see the, the end, the act at the end of the night. And I said something to them. I said, look, I'm making $12,000 for 10 minutes. And you, 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 you live in your mother's basement with your ACDC T-shirts. You can't get a job. You're following a radio show around. And then, uh, so I so fuck you, you know. I said, <laughs> And they, they, they were laughing and they, they turned around and they were real good. But Bill was on after me. And he goes on, he said, I shake his hand. I go, yeah, we're going. He goes, fuck them. They booed you. I can't believe it. So he gets out and he just lays into them. So fucking funny. I mean, he was, did you ever see the rant that he does? Uh, I mean, I've seen Bill Burr stand up. What do you mean? Look, look, look for the rant. The rant. Does. Okay. He said, I can't believe you, you, you booed Don Moreri. He said, fuck you. And he, and he goes, like, he was just so, I, laughter, like funny. He goes, by the way, fuck the Liberty Bell. <laughs> and, like, yeah. and I hope Donald McNabb gets two, te- two tears in his, his, his ankles. And he was like, just, just so, so good. Oh, that's funny. I'll have to watch. Yeah, I love Bill Burr. I mean, I think he's a genius. Like, he's, he's probably one of the, got to be top five comedians right now, easily. Oh yeah, he's good as he's he's as good as it gets. I mean, he's not. There's nobody better than him. It's just a matter of taste, right? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, one like day, I just want to tell you this one thing. He said to me, everything was going right for him, you know. And he said, uh, you know, dealing with the success. And he says, do me a favor, uh, you know, lay into me. I said, you sure? He goes, yeah, I need it. <laughs> so I said, "Man, look at you! You got that your head. You look like some kind of alien with that little bald head that's too too small for your shoulders." And just laying into him one after another, and he goes, Phew, thanks. I needed that." <laughs> what? You know, to keep him humble. Because he just so many people kiss his ass, probably. Oh yeah, and he, you know when he was Billy Burr, he wasn't that popular. Then he then he just got better. He just worked hard. And, he used to be Billy Burr. I don't think I even knew that. Yeah, well, I remember the first time I met him. They were called. This was down at the Comedy Cellar, which I was one of the guys who founded that. Found that place, the Comedy Cellar. I got credit in a book for the guy who owned it. He says I got to move. It was on the Upper West Side. He said I got to move. Where should I go? I said definitely take go to McDougal Street, West Village. You can't miss. They got the kids coming in from. From New York, New York, from uh, the city, from uh, Jersey, from Queens, you know, and then and, and then this, this, this book about the comedy seller, I get a credit for like finding where they, they they settled down. Oh, that's really cool! Yeah, that's a legendary place. That's another one like the Comedy Store, where like you go there and it's just like you'll have heard of every comedian on the set list usually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very good. yeah. Wow. That's, and then now you do a lot of like mentoring and, and helping younger comedians, right? Like I know you helped out uh, Tiffany Haddish and are there any other comedians that you're, or young comedians that you're working with right now that you're kind of mentoring or. No, I don't, I don't like to think of it like that. It's just part of the gig, you know, but thanks for saying that. Uh, Tiffany was really something because she just hung in there I mean, she couldn't even get spots late night at the, at the uh, lab factory. Then something clicked, you know, and she she was the right person for the right job. And when she she had her chance, boy, she ran with it, you know. So, but you know, I love it, uh, Tiffany. I'm just she's I, I have so much respect for her, and uh, you know, uh, to see her go from where she did in a couple of years is amazing. 
You must see a lot of that then, like being in the scene that like you see people, like you said, you saw Bill Burr when he was just Billy Burr. Like that's got to be really cool to see growth. I, I love seeing that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, me too. Is there, so is there any other comedians that we should keep an eye on though? Cause you are in the scene so much. Like you must see some comedians that you go, this guy's going to be big soon. No, there's nobody left and there's nobody else. What? So come and see me at the, what's the name of the club? <laughs> uh, CB live. CBS Live, CB Live, yeah, in Phoenix this weekend. Uh, if people are listening to this show when it comes oh, out, no, much, much funnier than I was today. Yeah, <laughs> well, I look, yeah, I look forward to. It. So it'll be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I don't know what day I'm coming, but I will definitely come and I'll be there. And uh, that, like you said, like I said, this this is a great venue. I think you're really gonna like it. Um, I like to end each episode with a charity. Is there is there a charity that you want to give a shout out to, or a cause, or something that's near and dear to your heart? Tom Irera, treat to treat him to a whore. Um, but no. <laughs> well, of course that. But besides that, like something bigger than than you for the whole world that we can. Yeah, I would say, you know what I'd like to see. I, what I'd really like to see is people to talk and, and to learn to love each other. No, I don't get real sappy on you, but I, they have a, a Jewish thing on for Christmas Eve. And it's, you know, it's called, uh, I forget, Elon Gold does does it. And it's a, you go in there and it's everybody that was invited to Christmas things. So you have like Arabs and Swedes and everything. And I said, look how, how we get along under this roof. Why can't the world be, be like this, you know? And that's, uh, I just like to see people be kinder to each other. Now I'm going to break myself cry. <laughs> No, you that's, know. I agree with that. I think we can all agree with that. So yeah, I don't know how that transfers to uh, people, a uh, charity or something. I'll think of something and put that in the notes along with uh, your website. And so people could check if they missed this show this weekend, wherever they're living. Cause this show is national that hopefully they'll come see you. I know you're going to be in Vegas, I think in February. No, they moved that. I, I did. I did it already. Oh, you did that. Okay. I'll do it again in May. Okay. Well, I'm sure you'll have uh, other other uh, shows as well. So, um, thanks so much for doing this. It's been a blast. Some great thanks stories. Appreciate it. Okay, I'll see you later, Dom. All right, take care, Chuck. All right, bye bye. Dom Herrera. It was an honor to have him on the show. Thank you to Dom and his team for helping set this up. And if you're hearing it, uh, hearing this when it was released or shortly thereafter, he is going to be live in the Phoenix area. So Jeff, definitely check out the live shows at CB Live in Phoenix. And if it's after that time, then uh, check him out in Hollywood or Vegas or wherever else he's performing. And make sure to follow him on social media to keep up with what he's doing. And make sure also to check out his podcast, Dom Herrera Live from the Laugh Factory. He's got some great guests on that. The Bill Burr one, I was listening to that earlier. It was amazing. Uh, If you want to support my show, the easiest thing you can do is subscribe to the show on YouTube. And your likes, comments, and shares and all that stuff on social media helps me out with the algorithm and stuff. And also, if you want to go all out, you can write me a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps with that algorithm on Apple Podcasts so that more people find the show and more people can listen and then I can continue to grow. So that's amazing. I love it. And thank you all so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day and remember to shoot for the moon. 